You're going to have to lead, but I, can, I think I can help. <laughs> you, no, you will. You will, because it's sports. Look at me. I can barely walk. Right. You're, you're like Mr. You exude sportsiness. Whatever the hell that means. Let's go. Can you hit the go button? Welcome to the Medicast. I'm Josh Anderson, and uh, I just hit the go button. You were we were recording. Yeah. Oh, you wiener! And I'm Bob Galen. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes. Hey, everyone. We've been gone for a while, Josh. Yes, we have. Can I blame it on you? Can I throw you under the bus? Sure, we'll, go ahead. We'll throw each other under the bus. Yeah. Medicasters, we're sorry. We had mojo. We had momentum. We were driving. Uh, it's the holidays, so we're going to try to recover over the holidays. I think we do this every New Year, you know that? We do, yeah. We have this like this lame, uh, or at least I do the lame uh, apology thing at the end of the year, and then we kick into the New Year. This is like a deja yeah. vu thing. Yeah. So, we're back though. Yeah, we are. It's right before the holidays. Uh, Josh is in a new office, so we have new digs here yeah. at the Medicast. We're sort of, we're hard, the equipment, we're sort of under-equipped a little bit. But we're gonna we're gonna. We like, don't have Bob's fancy boom microphones. We don't have the boom microphones, but we're we'll get it done. I wasn't complaining about. Yes, yeah, so we have little desk stands that apparently aren't good enough for Mr. Bob. Well, you know what, Medicasters, I wanted to do the best for you. I wanted the highest quality, so I was putting our customers first, Josh. Oh, oh, oh. Excuse me, Mr. P.O. <laughs> exactly. So, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, you mentioned the time of year that is often uh, referred to as bowl season. Um, we were talking through some things, and you asked me, could we do a Metacast around football and Agile, and do they intertwine in some ways? And I said, yes. Well, and for those Metacasters that don't know, Josh did play some collegiate football. Many years ago. Many years ago. He was a tight end. Yes. He's still relatively a tight end. <laughs> Just Only if you ask my wife. <laughs> leave that out there. I don't know where I'm sorry, I don't know where it's going. You started uh, this. And a long and a long snapper? I was the backup long snacker snapper for snacker. our team. <laughs> I'm probably a snacker. I was a well. starting snacker for our team, that's for sure. <laughs> so that was a Freudian slip now, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Uh, so uh what do you think? So uh similarities between football, any of any flavor. Yeah. Uh and agile. Of so any flavor. My initial reaction, I've done a lot of comparisons in my mind. I haven't shared these with a lot of people because sometimes you share it and like, what well, we didn't play football, it doesn't matter. Um, that every game week is a sprint and your sprint demo is actually the game. So you oh. go throughout the week preparing for the upcoming game and then you do the big reveal on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, whenever it is. And you play the game, and that's when you show this is what we've done over that week. And then the next day, you wake up, you go in, and you have a retrospective. You watch every play. You knock, you you're knocking this out of the park. Man. Every play. You're knocking this you, freaking thing out of the park. And then, and then you take a little oh, break. Oh, stop. Take some solid. <clears throat> don't, don't, don't shoot it all at once. <laughs> and then you take a little break, and Monday morning you come in, and there's a game plan for the next team. And you do it again. And that repetition, that schedule, that cadence is something that's very important. And while you always hear 
if you watch football or anything where folks have a bye week or an off week and they get out of their cadence and people get worried because athletes are creatures of habit because everything they do is in that sprint cadence just like we do with with, with agile and we try very hard especially this this time of year when we have lots of people out we got pretty lucky and things lined up really well that our sprint ends tomorrow and we plan on wednesday wednesday is the last day where folks are here and then they're off and then everything comes back together the start of the year so timing's good we stay in our rhythm we stay in our cadence do we have a full team full staff no but again we just keep pace with what with what we've done you know and i i know that i mean i'm not i'm clearly metacasters if you've seen a picture of me you know that i'm not sporty uh, i did not play football I, I ran long distance. I was a cross country runner, so during football season, so there's no there's no uh, similarity at all. But I I pay attention to football, and I I've heard the tempo. I've heard I've heard coaches whine about uh, short weeks, you know, like mm-hmm. Thursday night football. And I've always wondered. I've not I've never put two and two together that the tempo was so crucial. I knew about the tempo. But I didn't. It didn't click on me that that, yeah. that it was that important for the team as well. It's the same thing as a sprint cadence. That if you were to take one sprint and say, "Hey, the sprint's really only six days instead of ten days," they would struggle and they would struggle to plan. Like, "Hey, how are we going to do this? Are we going to? How much do we plan? What do we commit to? Or what can we do? Who's going to be here? What's going to happen?" All that same, same same stuff would fall into place and come into question and would make things harder. That's that's funny. I hadn't thought of it that way. Uh, one thing from my point of view, and it, I think it relates, it, what sort of relates to what you're saying is is not getting stuck, and we've talked about this before in the Metacast, is making game time adjustments mm-hmm. to me, and I think sprints are about game time adjustments. So you're, you, you know, there's some coaches who are successful at it. I'm trying to think of, the Patriots are like a classic example. Bill Belichick yeah, right. is classically good at making adjustments, I think. Mm-hmm. You, you can see that in watching their games. Um, and then there are other coaches, I'm not saying they're bad at it, but they they don't seem to be able to execute the change. They seem to be stuck in it. Right. Uh, Rex Ryan maybe is someone who I've watched, and he tries. But Rex was one of my coaches. Was he? Yeah. Right. I'm not picking. Well, no. Cl- clearly he has a sorted history. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I don't see him adjusting, or maybe it's the players that just struggle with, we practiced all week this, and now you're telling us to change to that. No, Re- Rex has a... Um, we're doing it my way, damn it. See, and that's going to work. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. He, and and it's not bad. I mean, it's so persistence is nice. Mm-hmm. Like if you if the first half you didn't run and you're a running team. I remember the Giants years ago would have strong running uh, backs, mm-hmm. and you know someone would game plan them, but they you know it's like would they go off the run or not? And they committed to the run. There's this notion of committing to the run, no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. And it borders on either you're committed or you're stubborn. Mm-hmm. And and if it starts working, then you're committed. If it, if it doesn't work, <laughs> exactly. then, then you're like stubborn or yeah. stuck and you're not making the adjustments. But I think that same thing, I, I look for that same ability to be nimble. Um, and it's not the coach, it's the player's ability to execute it, uh, sort of change the game plan. Yeah, we... We've adopted some things during our sprint that um, Richard and I, our scrum master, have talked about that we just straight borrowed from sports. So every quarter of the sprint, we we do a fist of five. So that forces the squad to say, hey, how are we doing? Do we need to adjust? Or is our plan good? So we do it at the quarter pole 
the halfway point and three quarters. So you have somewhere. what two week sprints? Yeah. So every two or three days, yeah. you're, you're doing. A fit. I like that. So I, I've always, I've informally done that. I haven't had a tempo for fist of fives. I, I usually recommend like every other day. And, and for me, it's a different question. It's not the status question, mm -hmm. which teams, it's the how are we doing for our sprint goal question. Yeah, so right. it would be like looking at the score. So there's the how are we attacking, you know, are we passing well, are we running well, uh, but then take a step back and then look at the bottom line in football would be the score. Right. The bottom line in a sprint would be, how, you know, based on our goal, how much have we delivered? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's sort of that galvanizing point around that. So basing adjustments on that. Yeah. So we have what? We have adjustments. We have tempo. What else? What do you think? How about practice? So I'm, to I'm me, seeing something up for you. I to me, practice is just your daily execution that you go through. And, 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 and folks always say that you win on Saturday based on the preparation you did d during the week. And the same thing happens with a sprint demo. You're going to go out there and you're going to go out in front of a whole room full of people and show, hey, this is what we did. And on Saturday nights, that you, what you do, hey, this is, this is who we are. We prepared to do this, and now it's game time, and we're going to show you exactly what what we have. That's a sprint sprint demo, and the practice is just every day within a sprint of working towards the sprint goal. And your sprint goal is beating that other team, and that's all it needs to be. And that's one of the things that I've took from one of the coaches I had is we don't need the best to be the best team in the country. We just have to be the best team in the stadium, right? Like we don't have to. We don't have to build the perfect product on right. two weeks. We just have to meet the sprint goal. Right. And then we meet the next sprint goal and the next sprint goal and the next sprint goal. And by the end, we'll have a perfect product. Same thing with football. If you just win that game and that game and that game, you'll eventually get a championship. Well, the good coaches are notorious for that. It's like the next – and you again, I pick on Belichick because I'm enamored with his style. Yeah. But do you ever see his players get uh, interviewed? And all of the players sound like him. So yeah. they try to tease out from them, you know, are you looking ahead to the Super Bowl? Right. Or remember when they had a, a, a no-loss uh, no season or mm -hmm. something like that? And they were every, every sportscaster was trying to trick them, you know, are you getting full of yourself? Are you getting right. full of yourself? Yeah. And it was always the next game. The right. discussion was always, they brought it back to center. <clears throat> well, we're, we're preparing on Tuesday for the next yeah. game. And they just, they weren't looking too far ahead. Right. at all they were just focused on the next goal to your point right and then we even brought that into <clears throat> execution on a daily basis so in offense you try and get a first down you just need to get 10 yards and what you do is you just think i'm gonna get 10 yards i'm gonna get a first down then 10 more yards 10 more yards 10 more yards eventually they're gonna stop you and say hey here's six points go do it again right the same thing on a daily basis with your coding just write solid code and write solid code. Don't 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 try and be in a hero, and build everything overnight and all at once. Just keep slow and steady wins, right? So just keep chunking out little bits and pieces, and we'll get there. I like that. Bring practice back to like, um, and there may not be an analogy here, but like I'm sure you did weightlifting. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you did non on the field practice stuff, like yeah. you know building up your strength or speed drills or something like that. Mm -hmm. Is there an equivalent to that in Agile? To be really, truly cross-functional? Yeah. That's about the only stretch I could come up with. Is or maybe like the pairing or something <clears throat> like that, do you think, where we're fine-tuning ourselves and trying to get better by challenging each other? Do you think there would be something similar there? 
uh, like in, you know, improving our strengths or nothing? Am I, am so I that, stretching too far? So about the only thing I can think of that's close to that is within a practice, you generally have individual drills. So me doing my job one-on-one, -on -one, and then you have small group drills of us coming together and working on the right side of the line, running these running plays. Okay. And then you go to a full team where you pull it all together. So you have you have the groups, like you had a tight end coach, I'm sure, right? right? Yeah. And then you have like the line coach or right. or there's and there's a and you would be included in that if you mm -hmm. were blocking tight end. Right. So so there's this small subgroup, then you build up, then you get into the team with right. the quarterback, et cetera. So you're just sort of you're you specialize your practice on this in the small small group. Mm -hmm. That's you. That's right. you as a tight end right. or the quarterback. I know quarter right. teams have quarterback coaches which mm -hmm. focus just on the quarterbacks, right? Right. So to me, that's me as a, a developer, quality engineer, doing my my job, and then that 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 group is the chapter. So we talk about chapters of front end and back end chapters. So we all get together, and are we doing the front end or back end development mm -hmm. and testing the same way? And then we pull it all together as a product and as a tribe, and we present that out. I think as Richard, I'm, I'm coming back to Richard as a scrum master, I'm sure, and he may not be consciously thinking of it, but I bet he doesn't just coach the team. I bet he's he's doing small groups or individuals right. even, yeah. right? And then subgroups and then the team, whenever the opportunities present themselves to do that. Uh, I think a good scrum master would... What I'm trying to say is I don't think a good scrum master just looks at their job as coaching the team. Right. Agreed. It's the team, then it's also subgroups within the team, yeah. and then individuals within the team. The The other thing that um, really helped me was being comfortable with transparency, because that's a lot of what Agile is about. You had talked about this at a, in a previous Metacast where films and things like that, and you just have to be comfortable because you can't hide. Right. There is no hiding. They always say the big guy in the sky doesn't lie. Like, like that's the one thing. They, and we, we watch films of every practice. So before practice that day, you watch film of the previous practice with your coach. So, Are you kidding me? No. Holy so God. the, the uh, tight end group, and he would have already watched it, so he would zoom in on particular things we want to hit because you can't always watch a three-hour three practice in a half hour. You know, we got to get the group together. And we actually – so everything is filmed individual drills, the group drills, the team drills, and everything. So you are, everything you do is on film, and everything gets corrected, and it gets corrected instantly. So that feedback gets you comfortable, and constant feedback from a million directions gets you comfortable with, okay, you know what, I got another play, I'll do it again. And then you get comfortable that you don't take it personal, because you know you can make a change right then and there in that next play. So that, so that really conditioned me to be comfortable and pretty aggressive with, let's take a retrospective and look at how we Well, that get colors better. your coaching to this day, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think you're a real, I mean, you've talked about, for example, release planning, and you don't like tempo-based release planning. You do like sprint, you're doing it all the time. You've mm -hmm. talk, you talk a lot about almost continuous practices, like the release planning practice. Right. Do you think that goes back to this notion of that iterative feedback, eye in the sky? Yeah. It almost sounds like it goes back to those roots of, that's the way you get performance. It's not big bang improvement, but it's the sort of this, the slices are, are real time, they're real time slices. Yeah, because to me that, that, that was an example of how you take a group of 85 players and 12 coaches, and how do you assemble them and get them to execute on a week by week basis to deliver something. Yeah. Our job was to deliver wins. You know, just like 
the job here now is to deliver working software, quality software. Well, let's bring it back. That sounds like a goal to me, right? So it's another similarity is you mm -hmm. have clarity of goal. And mm -hmm. I just want to repeat it. I mean, it's sort of self-evident that a sports team wants to win, but I'm sure you repeat. I mean, that's the focus that Belichick is coming back to. It's we're, we're going to win the next game. Let's right. not get wrapped up in the big goal. Let's get wrapped up in what is our, what is our next Right. What is our next minimal marketable goal right. that we're trying to achieve? What about leadership? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking. I was thinking as we were talking. Like there was an incident yesterday. That's probably an anti-pattern. There was a guy on the Giants who mm -hmm. went ballistic. There's this Odell Beckham Jr. and mm -hmm. I don't know if you watched the game, but I, I went and saw Star Wars yesterday. Okay, but I did see parts of it because I'm a Panthers fan. So. so he 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 literally lost his mind, mm -hmm. and he got uh, three uh, technical fouls, fifteen yard penalties. Mm -hmm. it, arguably, he should have been. They said he should have been thrown out of the game. He mm -hmm. he headhunted a guy, yeah. and hit him in the ear hole with like like his helmet, and yeah. and it looked like the guy was stunned. Yeah. Um, and the the point I'm trying to make is no one. So Tom Coughlin, who who I thought highly of, think highly of. Didn't so no one approached him, no one on the team walked up to him, so no team member walked up to him, and said anything, uh, and uh, no coach his his coach walked up to him, but Coughlin didn't so he wasn't sat down mm -hmm. so that, to me there was a lack of leadership there was mm -hmm. a lack of you are out of control sit your butt down, I mean if I was Tom Coughlin I would have sat him down I would have pulled him from the game forget whether he was thrown out or not yeah. and he's a star. So he, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's an, yeah. uh, he's absolutely a star. So I get that. Uh, Eli Manning didn't walk. So I look at Eli Manning as being a leader in the team. So to me, there's a, like a leadership gap there. So what I'm bringing back, do you see like self-leading, like the team's leading themselves, leaders within the team? Do you see similarities in that? Yeah, we, 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 um, we were actually talking about that, some of the folks in our tribe this morning, because we have a couple of passionate Giants fans, and we're in North Carolina, so we're Panthers fans. And I actually, throughout the whole thing, was most impressed with the guy he kept battling with, Josh Norman, who traditionally is pretty feisty and can get himself into trouble. But he did an admirable job of trying to maintain his cool. And he, we talked about how, actually, someone that never played football before said that they attributed that to the team, keeping him in line and doing all that stuff. So as we've talked in past Metacasts about the first line of defense against an underperforming person within your squad should be the team. Yeah. That that was an example where his team members and teammates before, during, and after the game were coaching him. Yep. And likely coaches were coming in as well, but the most effective leadership and coaching usually comes from your peers. That's what, and it was, there was a gap. I was watching a show and someone said, Eli didn't step up. And again, I'm not picking on any one person, but there, it was the leader. It was the lack of leadership yep. at that time, where no one walked up, and I mean, no one actually approached him, except except his his position coach mm -hmm. seemed to be taking a, a stance with him. Right. But no one else on the team did that, and that's that gap that I'm expect. The first line would be the team, right? Right. And 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 to your point, it's 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 continuous it's in the game it's at the moment it's during and it's after right and i didn't think about it when you said it but the young man i think josh or whatever is yeah name, he he he's the counterpoint mm -hmm. it was almost like point counterpoint where beckham jr lost his mind and yeah. i'm not and i'm not exaggerating but the young guy who i mean who literally 
got hurt or could have gotten, I mean, it was his career. Yeah. He maintained his composure the whole time. Even in a post-interview, uh, he was sort of talking about uh, Beckham Jr. It, he was just saying, he, now you've seen the real him. So right. he, he was just noting, he's like, <laughs> I, think, I think now you've seen, he was talking, now you've seen him walk, or <laughs> the level right, yeah. he's actually walking yeah. out there, right? Yeah. Uh, so leadership, I think that's that's an example of team-based leadership, and then even the coaching. So the Giants, the Giants blew it. I don't know if people were focusing on that, but from a leadership perspective, at least in that moment, the the they blew it. I think from an agile point of view, it's like having a star. Mm -hmm. So you and I both talk about rock. You know, do you have a team full of rock stars, and how do you handle them versus just a right. solid team? So this is a rock star. So I think they handled the rock star poorly. Yeah. From a leadership, and probably the rock star status influenced everyone. They were like, "Do we really want to touch him because he's so good?" Yeah. Uh, but it, at some fundamental level, it doesn't matter. The team outweighs the individual. I think. Yeah, and to me, that, that that's that's another thing that shaped me very greatly is that. Um, in football, you have to do your job and trust that everyone else will do their job. Because as soon as you try and do your job and somebody else's job, you're likely not doing a good enough job at your job. I'm going to say job as many times as I can. And then something bad happens. So 10, 10 guys, there's 11 guys that are on the field, 10 guys can do absolute perfect jobs. But if that 11th guy doesn't do his a sack or a fumble or an interception or a touchdown. Well, using or the same game we're talking about, so there was an outside, they blocked a punt, they blocked a kick. Mm -hmm. And you saw this guy, no one blocked him coming around. So it's not like this guy's out on the corner. Right. It's like it's not like no one can see him. Right. <laughs> it's, he's not invisible. Yeah. But he turned the corner and someone missed one person missed their assignment. Right. And and blew it and they blew it as a team. Right. That's something that I stress within our squads is that work on being great at your craft and we're only as strong as the weakest link so work on being great at your craft and then work on that peer coaching and helping your, your others and swarming and doing all of that and ensuring that when the game time comes that we're ready and we're all running in the same direction you hear that from belichick's players forget i'm sure he coaches that way but they talk about their job i mean from tom brady i mean so now you have a star and i'm not a big brady fan because of all the the hubbub behind him but he still carries himself like the consummate uh, team guy. Right. He, he just, it's like work. We're focusing on do your job, do your job, do your job. Uh, and that's got to be incredibly hard to have that focus. I mean, it says something about the coaching or the commitment right. or the focus of the team. What else? I'm trying to think of other agile. I think we've covered some major ones. Are we missing any other sports? Uh, I think something that you can throw into is that your customers are really the same customer sports teams have is the fa so the people paying the money the fans have strong opinions just like your customers will have strong opinions yeah. and they will give them and there will be feedback and you have to channel that the right way and not get reactive like hey well we're going to change we're going to jump to uh angular because we've been doing this and that's what our customers want so we're going to change our architecture completely like we're not going to change quarterbacks or change coordinators. I like that because fans. You know, that's a really that's a really relevant point. Is you get all of this, and in sports, it's really emotional. And then, like let's right. look at Green Bay for example. I mean, everyone in Green Bay is an owner of the Packers, right. right? So everyone has an opinion when things are going bad, and you hear these things on the field. Uh, the sportscasters are brutal that mm -hmm. way. I mean, that's their job, but they right. they really have a billion opinions. But so you're getting this massive humanity of feedback. But how do you cut through that? 
and stay on course. Right. right. How do you have a course? Right. And how do you stay on course with that? But still, you can't ignore them. Right. It's like how do you how do you channel it to your point? Right. Yeah. How do you consume that as a product owner and take that feedback and direct it the right way, but not end up being so being committed but not stubborn. Yeah. You know, just like we talked about with the running yeah. game is we are committed to this team and who we have and the people that we have. Um, but we're also going to listen, but we're not going to be stubborn about it. If we do make changes, we're going to make changes. I think the uh, other thing is um, another thing that I'm a big fan of is uh, I think I forget who I first heard it from, but the concept of um, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's and not the X's and the O's. So it's the guys in the field playing and not the coach drawing all that up that I believe the same thing when hiring a team. Oh, you, you, you nailed it again. You know, the most important thing is the people you hire and how important that hiring process is. Just like the importance of the draft of teams that are good now have had really good drafts and good free agent signings over the past five or six years. The same thing is true with staffing your team is you've got to be, you have to have a plan. You have to be committed to the kind of people you're trying to hire, what you're looking for, what their ethics are, what their career goals and aspirations are. And all but then that get stuff. out of their way, to your point. So yeah. it's it, the coach is setting the stage, mission and vision. You're setting the goals for how do we hire, who are we targeting. But but then it's hire great people. Right. That align, and then and then get out of their way. Right. Right. Or how do I maximize what they do? There's this line, to your point, of coaching stops, and you have to let the team go. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that aligns really well with Agile. Yeah. Uh, get good people. And then get the hell out of their way. Yep. And then, and then if they need your help, like, I mean, to the to the camera point, that's what I love about. Let me show you what you did. Right. Right. So you're just really sh- the the change is up to the individual. The coach is showing the individual is it's you know <clears throat> like when you changed your behavior as a as a tight end, the coach couldn't make you do that. They could show you. They could suggest how to change, but the change was up to you. So there's this wonderful balancing act. In skill set and things, right? I, I think that. And if I didn't change quickly enough, someone behind me would, and they would play, and I wouldn't play. Yeah. Well, and it's performance ultimately. I mean, and this this is true of an agile team. It's. I mean, you, results have to speak for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's the it's the results that come through. It's like, are we producing the goods, and not are we perfect as a team, not as individuals, but are we producing the results? Right. This metacast went better than I thought it was going to be. Metacasters, I, 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 and J- Josh just nailed it. I think we should have a round of applause almost for Josh because I've got a lot more cliches, man. Coaching is full of cliches. Yeah, but I don't know if we have to go into cliche. Oh, I've got more. Uh, oh, do you want to continue? No, I'll save them for another. Did day. we did we cover agile the symmetry between uh, sports, football, and agile? Is there anything we left on the table? Something? I'm sure I'll think of one in like 20 minutes. I'm, I bet. <laughs> Why don't, we, why don't we end it with this? I think this was a nice holiday Metacast. Yes. So, Metacasters, uh, I want to take this time to just thank you for uh, the year uh, listening to us, engaging us. Josh and I were looking at um, some of our hit rates. We were having um, our hit rates over the years have increased. Mm-hmm. Our listeners have increased. Our comments are good. Have we ever given away? We've given away a sticker or two here and sticker, there. Yeah. So we've given away prizes and things. So I want to, I just, since it's a thankful time of year, I want to thank Josh for being my partner and tolerating me for the last five years. I'm going to get a tear <laughs> in my eye. And I want to thank all of you for listening. So uh, we really appreciate it. We want, and uh, just give us feedback. Yes. Uh, two, we want to hit 2016 with a, with running, or at least Josh will hit it running. I'll hit it with limping. I'm not sure you call what I do running. 
<laughs> well, we'll both try our best. We both to, have had to, too many to, knees. Exactly, to so. generate momentum yeah. in uh, 2016. So I wanted to thank you very much for listening in. Josh. Bob. Closing comments. How to close this sucker. Uh, so how do you get in touch with us? Is that what you're asking me to do? Is that the traditional wrap-up you're asking You can for? wrap up any way you Speaking want. Speaking of wrap-up, I've yeah. got a lot of wrapping to do. Are you going to wrap? Like rap rap? I don't know. No, no, not like, like present rap. You rapped one time, and that oh, was a. Oh, my God. No, I'm not talking That was a. I'll never. I promise I'll never do it again. Oh, it was so good. I made my kids listen to it when you I went home that night. Oh, I can't. I can't. No. <laughs> that was a classic no. moment. It was like a Mozart in, symphony oh. in, in rap mode or something. <clears throat> yeah, so rapping presence is not a skill that I. Well, it is a skill that I possess. It's just the skill level is very low. Yeah. Um, I could use some more iteration on that skill. Do you just do iterate the tape, Josh? You just you just keep surrounding. If it's not a rectangle of decent size, I'm in trouble. You know what though? See, I I have a philosophy for that. That if it's not a rectangle, I get it's a free for all for me, <laughs> and I just attack it with tape. I swear to God, because the bar is up for rectangles, right? The bar you yeah. have to be neat and you need right, corner yeah. management yeah. and yeah. stuff. But if it's like a ball. Or, or anything odd shaped, yeah. That just says, "Hey, go for it. <laughs> Do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> whatever the hell you want. It's a free for all. Because the yeah. bar is low then. Yeah, but, but I'm intimidated by non-rectangular gifts." So I so I shy away from them, and then when I do get the rectangular gifts, like the OCD takes over, and if I don't have the right creases and folds, I get frustrated. See, it, I told you the rectangles have a high bar. With, it's like it's like corner management. I hate it. It's really no, it's true. You I know, agree completely. It's like holy. Crap. And if it's loose at all, oh, it's got to be taut oh, as well. Man, I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Well. You have my best wishes. Yeah, it's going to be a long couple of days. So I'm done. I'm done, sir. <laughs> You've got stuff. Apparently, you have stuff to wrap. I do. I do. So um, to get in touch with us, find us on whatever channel you found us on. We'll be here again, hopefully more often than ever in 2016. And for the next to last podcast in 2015, I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Shake. Shake. Ooh, and bake. Take care, y'all.